you are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. Welcome in. Glad you're here. I'm glad to be here as well. Hope you're doing good on this Tuesday afternoon. Partly sunny, partly cloudy. The rain has held off here in the Auburn-Opelika area up in Hoover, Alabama. Not so much where the SEC tournament, uh, the SEC baseball tournament has been trying to go on today. They are still trying to get through the first game of a four-game day. So not sure what they are going to do as it is 2 o'clock Central Time and they are still playing Game 1 up in Hoover because of all the rain. So it'll probably all be pushed back and... I'm not sure if Auburn's going to get to play today, and they may end up having to push everything back a little bit. We will see, but hope you're doing well on this Tuesday, May 24th. Happy Election Day here in the state of Alabama in the primary election, so make sure you go out and vote. But again, happy Tuesday. Hope you're doing well, and I appreciate you tuning in here to the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We've got a great show on tap for you today. Here in hour number one, we're going to have Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and with Auburn Daily at 2.30. He'll be on uh, to talk about some things related to Auburn sports and... In hour number two, we're going to have Lindsey Crosby of Locked On MLB Prospects and Auburn baseball writer for Auburn Daily. He's actually going to be here in the studio. He's going to stop by and join me for the last 30 minutes of the show. So Lindsey Crosby will be in studio in hour number two and Zach Blackerby here in hour number one at the 2.30 slot. So Great show on tap for you today. We've got a lot to talk about. You can call in, be a part of the show and tell me what's on your mind related to sports. You can give me a call, and we'll talk about anything you want to talk about related to the sports world. Give me a call, 334-321-1390, or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Those are the numbers to put you through to me. You can call in, be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you. Again, anything you want to talk about related to the world of sports, we can talk about it right here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. So I want to talk today about this SEC potential pod system around the Southeastern Conference because I think it's an interesting topic and yesterday on the show I talked about why the SEC should get rid of divisions and why that would be a good thing not just for the SEC but also a good thing for Auburn and how Auburn would benefit from that well if they do get rid of the divisions what are they going to do I think they should go to a four-pod system. That's what I think they should do. You have 14 teams right now. In the next couple of years, you are going to become a 16-team conference with Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC. You're going to have 16 teams in the SEC. 
how do you sec- how do you section them away and section them out to where you can have some common opponents every year and also play other teams around the conference more than just once every seven years, which is what we're doing right now. I think there's a way to do that, and I think the four-pod system would really work out well. You take the 16 teams and you break them up into pods of four, pod A, B, C, and D, one, two, three, and four, however you want to say it, and I think if you do that, that would be the best way to do it. You pod, you put the teams in four pods, each team, and here's how it would kind of work, okay? Each team would play the other three teams in their pod, okay? So there's four teams in each one. You're going to play the other three in your pod every year, okay? Then from the other three groups, you're going to play two teams from those groups, from each group. So out of the remaining three groups, you're going to play two teams from each one. Okay, what that does is you get rid of that does add an extra SEC game. Okay, that would be the an extra SEC matchup during the college football season. That's okay. We want that anyway. We've been asking for that for a while. Me especially, I've said that for years. I understand why uh, major conference teams have to, or you know, choose to play. Mercer and Alabama State and those types of schools okay I know why they do it I understand the reasoning behind it but there's no need to have three of them in a year okay three is too many I understand that it's good you know it's good warm up for the season or it's good to get those games into where you don't have to stress SEC play every single game I also understand how playing those teams you know schools like Auburn pay those schools to come play, and that money goes towards their football programs and scholarships and weight rooms and all of that. Again, I completely understand that part of it too. I do. I understand the point behind it, the reasoning behind it, and why we do it. I just don't think that Auburn needs to play three cupcake games a year. It's too many. Make it two. Uh, You can make it one for all I care, but at least make it two so that way those schools do still get that opportunity to come play at a big-time school and get the money that they need to keep their football program alive because that is what a lot of them have to do. But instead of doing that three times a year where there are games that we don't really get excited for, you get excited for the first one because it's the first game of the year, But then the second game, look at Auburn's schedule. The second game of the year, it'll be an 11 a.m. kickoff, second week of September. It's going to be 150 degrees outside at 11 a.m., and Auburn's going to blow the doors off of somebody. That's not entertaining. Nobody wants to watch that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares about that game, right? There's nothing exciting about it. And then at the end of the season, before the Iron Bowl, Auburn has another one. Again, why are we playing a team like that that late into the season? There's no need for that. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it can be nice to have a game like that to get you ready, but at that point, you're already in the, in the tail end of the SEC play. Why not just keep playing SEC teams? Why do you need a so-called break? I just don't understand it. So you get rid of one of those cupcake games. That's what I call them, right? You get rid of one of those, and you add an extra SEC game with this system, with the new pod system that I am talking about. And I, I didn't create this. This has already been talked about. But 
this is what I would like to see happen. Again, I did not create this. I'm not that smart. (laughs) But I like this system, and I think this would work out really well. So for each pod, again, your team, you know, your team would play the other three in your group plus play two teams from each of the other three groups. That would give you nine games in the SEC. Okay, that would give you nine games. Three, five, seven, and nine. Yep, it give you nine SEC games. Play two more of the of the smaller schools to get that stuff going, and then you have your postseason play, whatever that may be. I think that would be the best way to do it, because now, now you're going to get an extra SEC game, and depending on how the pods would be created and how the teams would be placed. You're going to start playing some teams that you don't get to see every year or get to see every five or six or seven years, right? You still would have three teams that you are locked into play every single year. You still have your rivalry games, that you, your historical games that each team has, right? Auburn has Alabama and Georgia for the two for sure, right? Auburn will always play Alabama and Georgia. In this system, that's still going to be the case, but then you play other schools from, from different pods, right? So does that make sense? I hope it does. And so what I want to talk about is how would I, how would I group the teams, pod A, B, C, and D? How would I do it? Well, let's look at it and break it down just a little bit. In pod A, and these are in no particular order of, of you know, dominance or relevance here or whatever. It's just pod A, B, C, and D, okay? Pod A... I have Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas. That's the first pod that I have. And the reason I did that is because, A, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, obviously they're in the same state. And, and I will go ahead and say that my pods are, are definitely more on the side of geographical rather than just best matchups, I guess. It's definitely more of a geographical stance and looking at it, what would make sense when looking at the map. I think that's that's definitely the route that I took when I sat down and wrote these down and was and was mapping this out a little bit. When you look at the map of all of the uh, will-be 16 teams in the SEC, what made the most sense when looking at the map? I didn't put Florida and Texas in the same one, okay? I didn't do that because that doesn't make any sense. It's like the East and the West right now. doesn't make a ton of sense. You know, there are some, some things where, you know, Missouri is in the East. You know, that type of thing. So I tried to fix that a little bit. And as you can see, I started that with pod A. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas. I did that because Mississippi State, Ole Miss, they need to be in the same pod, the two Mississippi schools. Obviously, they will play each other every year, but they need to be in the same pod because they're the two Mississippi schools. They just need to be together. And then you look at LSU and Arkansas. That's another one. There's Those two schools are right there. They play each other, and they should be together. And when you look at the map, those four schools are kind of in the same bunch just a little bit, okay? I know they're not, like, right on top of each other, but, you know, like, school-wise, but I'm saying when you look at the map, they're all right there. And I think that's a pretty balanced group right there. Yes, there are technically all four SEC West teams, but at this point, if this system gets put into place, 
the East and the West isn't a thing anymore, so it doesn't really matter. I think it's a pretty balanced pod. Obviously, you know, when you look at it right now, who's the dominant team out of that? Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas. Who's the dominant one out of that? I would almost say Arkansas, Ole Miss right now, right? That's kind of what I would say in that pod, but I think it's very balanced, and I think that pod makes sense. So, again, when you look at that, I think Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas for pod A. Pod B, these are technically right now SEC East teams, but again, that's not that's not the route I went. I did it based off of the map. In pod B, I have Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. Okay? Pod B, I have Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. I think this one made sense uh, just because they're kind of on the right side of the map, right? And when you look at it, Florida and Georgia need to be together. That's also a, a, a route that I took as well is – I started out by saying, okay, which teams have to be together? Which teams have to be together? And so in the first pod, it was Mississippi State and Ole Miss. In the second one, Florida and Georgia. Those two teams have to be together. And it it just makes sense. So I have Florida, Georgia in that pod, and then South Carolina and Kentucky because they are kind of right there. I know Kentucky's kind of up there. They're the, the most northern one of the SEC, but they're still kind of in that east group just a little bit. So Florida, Georgia, obviously those two would dominate that pod, Georgia especially right now. Uh, but if you had to pick somebody to be the, the quote-unquote winner of that pod, it's going to be Georgia most of the time, or Florida. And But at the same time, Kentucky can still have a say. South Carolina could still have a say, uh, but that is probably the most lopsided of, of the pods that I have. Well, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. We'll get to that one in just a second, but again, pod A, pod 1, whatever you want to call it, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas, pod B, pod 2, if you will, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. If you have any comments about my pods, how you would do it, give me a call. I'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. And again, if you're just now tuning in, I'm talking about if the SEC were to get rid of the divisions and go to the four-pod system, how I would align it, how I would place the teams in each individual pod, and who they would play and why they would play those teams. And again, I think this is a route that should be taken. And I'm not sure if we will get to this point. The SEC may be one of the last ones to do it, but I think some other conferences are on their way already. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten, I think, are going to do something like this. And it's going to help with SEC or with conference championships because that now you don't have to have a winner from one side right or from each side you can have the two best teams in your conference so i think that will or this system will help that tremendously and you could always do something like you know i don't know a winner of each the winners of the pods do something i don't know there's so many different possibilities here if this system is implemented but again my first pod mississippi state ole miss lsu 
and Arkansas. My second pod is Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. If I had to pick, you know, like this year, for example, and in the next couple of years, in the first pod, I think it's going to be Arkansas and Ole Miss. Obviously, over time, LSU is always going to be a consistent threat there. Mississippi State will probably finish last more times than not in that pod, um, but they always are going to have their say. And But again, I, I like Ole Miss, Arkansas right now to be the, the top dogs in that pod. And then in the second one, obviously it's going to be Georgia for a while now, and Florida would be right behind them at two. Uh, I would say Kentucky and then South Carolina right now if you had to rank them in that pod. So that's the first two. When we come back, I'll give you the next two pods. Where did I put Auburn? Who did I pair them up with? We'll talk about that. On the other side of this break, you're listening to the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports, Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. Continuing on with the SEC pod discussion, if you have not caught any of the shows so far, we're talking about if the SEC decides to, the Southeastern Conference, if they decide to get rid of divisions and go to the four-pod system, What would it look like? And I'm kind of giving you my predictions of how I would do it. Yeah, I guess not necessarily predictions, more of how I would do it if I were the one, uh, you know, responsible for for putting the teams in their in their new pods and how I would do it and why I would do it. And then as we go along, uh, we'll talk about how Auburn would fare and do in in this type of a system. Would it benefit Auburn? Would it hurt Auburn? And all of that. So we're going to talk about that as the show goes on as well. But if you missed my first two pods so far, so we're halfway through the SEC. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas in pod A. Pod B, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. That is pod B. And so how would you do it? What was your picks be what would your suggestions be and do you like the pod system do you think the sec should stay with the division system call in let me know i'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 moving on to pod c okay this is where it gets interesting missouri texas a&m and then the two newcomers oklahoma and Texas. Now, I was a little um I was a little stumped on this one because I liked Oklahoma and Texas. Those were the two schools that I said, okay, they need to be together in a pod. They need to stay together if the SEC goes to this type of a system, okay? They need to stay together and they need to play each other every year. That is I mean I, that that was obvious. That was an easy one, right? Missouri They're in there, too, because of where they are, where they're located. Again, and I'm doing this based off of what the map looks like and which one would make the most sense. And I went back and forth on the last one with Texas A&M. And I was back and forth between Texas A&M and Arkansas. Should I have put Texas A&M in pod A with Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and LSU? Or... Should I have left them with Oklahoma, Texas, and Missouri? And I, I left them with Oklahoma, Texas, and Missouri because it just makes sense. State of Texas, Texas A&M, 
And how cool would it be that if Texas A&M gets to go back to playing Oklahoma and Texas every single year? Because that's how the pods are going to work. Whatever pod you're in, you're going to play the other three schools every single year guaranteed 100%. So what a stacked pod that is. Um, obviously, Missouri is going to be probably last in that pod um, 90% of the time. But the other three schools could honestly finish in any order. Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M. I mean, those schools could finish, any of them could technically win that pod every single year. I think right now you would pick Texas A&M to win that pod um, just because of where their program is and the talent that they have coming in. And I think they have the best head coach as of right now. But Oklahoma and Texas have some work to do, right? They have some work to do, and their coaches are still in their early stages of being their head coach, right? So can Texas get back to being what they need to be? It's not going to get any easier in the SEC, and it definitely wouldn't be any easier playing in that pod, having to play those schools every year. Obviously, they already play Oklahoma, but now you have to pick up Texas A&M again every single year. That's a tough pod. And, I mean, definitely three out of the four schools in there are tough outs. And, again, Missouri is Missouri, but they can still give you a run for your money. We may not want to talk too bad about them yet. They do come to Jordan-Hare, so we may want to be careful about that <laughs> until, until Auburn uh, plays Missouri. But still, when you look at that, that group of four teams, Oklahoma, Texas, A&M, and Missouri, I mean, that's a stacked group out of the SEC. And again, the other three schools besides Missouri, I think, could finish in any order every single year, and it truly would be up in the air. I think a lot of predictions would be all over the place on who would be the the quote-unquote winner of Pod C. And then finally, Pod D, the last pod, Pod 4, whatever you want to call it. Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Now, I was not super excited about having Tennessee and Vanderbilt in this pod. I was looking at it, and it just didn't look right. It didn't look right. It just kind of looked weird to me because you have Auburn, Alabama kind of up here, and then you have you take a step down, you go to Tennessee, and then you take a big step down and go to Vanderbilt when it comes to uh, you know where the the – programs are right now I, you could really you could say there's Alabama at the top you take a step down to Auburn take another step down to Tennessee and then a big step down to Vanderbilt and you know again it doesn't look right you would like to see what Ole Miss and Mississippi State or something in there just to to give you some better teams to play but I think if you're Auburn you're okay with that you're okay with your three guaranteed games every year to be Alabama, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt, right? Now, do we want to see Auburn play Vanderbilt every single year? No, probably not, but that's okay because, look, more times than not, that is a win on your schedule. Auburn, you should be better than Vanderbilt, and you should beat Vanderbilt, right? So you can look at it as almost a gimme SEC win, which is a good thing, which is okay. And when, you know, again, looking at it, Auburn and Alabama obviously had to be together. They needed to stay together in the same pod. 
And then it also makes sense with Alabama and Tennessee. They already play each other every year. So that kind of made sense too. And looking at it, uh, you know, geographically on the map, obviously state of Alabama, Tennessee is right above it. It just made sense. Okay. It just made sense. And that's why I put those four teams in the same pod. Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. So that is how I would realign the SEC. That's how I would do it. How would you do it? Do you agree with me? Do you not agree with me? What do you like about it? Uh, Do you like the idea of the pod system? I'm curious about what you have to say and uh, what your opinion is about everything. Give me a call. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Four pods. This is how I would have done it. Or this is how I would do it. Pod A, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas in Group 1. Group 2, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. Group 3, Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, and Texas A&M. And Group 4, Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. That is how I would realign the SEC if they do end up doing away with divisions and going to the pod system. I think it would work out the best. I think it would be very entertaining because each team is going to play the other three teams in their group. You're going to play two teams from the other three groups. That gives you an extra SEC game. You drop one of the cupcake games. Instead of three, you now have two. You add an extra SEC game. It just means it just means more, right? It just means more. It means the games are going to mean more as well. And they're going to be more entertaining. It's going to be better football. I think that's what we need. That's how I would do it. We'll talk about how Auburn will fare in that system when we come back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. 30 minutes in to hour number one here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Let's head to the phone lines. 334-321-1390. Susan is on line one. Welcome in. Hey, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I just wanted to to say something about your pod system. Um, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Oh, okay. I'm from Alabama, but I live here in this area. And this is the old Southwest Conference. There's no way you could put Missouri in there. So what you need to do is have Arkansas, A&M, Texas, and Oklahoma, and then put Missouri in with LSU. Because, I mean, that's just – the rivalry is just immense here. We have so many people – in this area, they go to Arkansas, A&M, Texas, and Oklahoma because of our central location. And it's a good TV market. Um, that's just my opinion. Right, right. No, I think that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I think that makes sense. Yeah. You know, So you're saying to put Missouri in with Mississippi State and Ole Miss and yeah. LSU and move Arkansas yeah. over. I, I like that. That makes oh, sense. Yeah. You know, I think those are, you know, there's definitely some things you could change and move around, and I think that one would make absolute sense, no doubt. Thank you for yeah. taking my call. Yeah, I appreciate your call. 
That was Susan here on the line. We appreciate your call. Said she was calling in from Dallas, Texas. Let's go. Okay. We got some Texas listeners in today. I like that. I like that. You could call in and be a part of the show as well. 334-321-1390. Big thank you to Susan for calling in. I appreciate it. So she was saying instead of Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas, she is saying switch out Arkansas with Missouri and put the Razorbacks over with Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I don't see the issue. I think those are definitely interchangeable, kind of like with Texas A&M, too. I was kind of talking about that. But, you know, when you look at Arkansas playing Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas A&M, man, imagine that group. That is a, that is a group that would play each other every single year. Uh, that is That would be tough. That would be very, very tough. And, you know, I think – I think that's probably why I didn't put Arkansas over there instead of Missouri, just because if you put Arkansas in that group of Oklahoma, Texas, Arkansas, and Texas A&M, I mean, that's stacked. That is extremely stacked. And, you know, and you put Missouri in the other pod, I just don't know. I mean, Missouri would probably be happy about that. Missouri would definitely be happy about that. I just think that that pod would be a little bit too stacked up, if you ask me. That would be the only thing that I would have against that move. But again, it makes sense, though. When you look back in in the history of of these teams and when they used to play each other, that would make sense. I get that. Um, But again, that would probably be my only concern is... If you put Arkansas with Oklahoma, Texas A&M, and Texas, I mean, that's just stacked up. But it would also be really entertaining because who would be the, the so-called victor of that, of that pod? It would be up for grabs every single year. You wouldn't know. You would never know because those four would go at each other's throats and would probably split some games. I think that would be an extremely tough pod to be in and so Susan that's probably why I put Missouri in there instead of Arkansas but your reasoning makes sense and I appreciate your phone call thank you so much for calling in so if you missed it uh, we're talking about the SEC and if they decide to get rid of divisions and go to the four pod system I gave my picks and how I would break it down uh, with 16 teams of course with Texas and Oklahoma coming to the SEC uh, a very short time from now how I would break it up, and how will Auburn do? How will some other teams do? Let's talk about that. And, you know, the teams are still going to be – the good teams are still going to be good, okay? That's not changing anything. Alabama and Georgia are still going to be the best teams in the SEC for the next few years. That's just kind of how it is, just because of recruiting, coaching, and all of that. But I think this will kind of shake it up just a little bit because now you're adding the extra SEC game, which means you got to play one more tough game than you have been doing, and you're going to be playing some different teams more often, okay? And so when you look at it for Alabama, okay, they're going to play Auburn, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt every single year. Well, right now you can pretty much put wins down for Vanderbilt and Tennessee against for Alabama when they play those two schools, okay? Alabama is going to beat Vanderbilt and Tennessee right now. They just are. Auburn, that's a toss-up. More times than not as of right now, yes, they will, but it's still a toss-up because it's the, it's the Iron Bowl. And, you know, there's got to be some games where 
you know, you have some, some teams and rivals that you play every year. One of those for Alabama is Tennessee, but they're already in that pod. And so they would have to figure out those other schools. LSU would probably be one of those. And, you know, maybe Texas A&M or something like that would be the other school that they play every year. Or Ole Miss, something like that, okay? But you can't have two from the same pod because you have to play two others from that pod. So there's a lot to be broken down here. But when you look at it for Alabama, you're going to give them two wins against Tennessee and Vanderbilt. They're going to play LSU every year, maybe A&M every year. But then they have to play two other schools from each group. So, you know, they're going to play teams like Florida and South Carolina, Oklahoma, Texas, those schools, and and they're going to play Georgia more now, right? They're going to play them more often, and that is big, and I think that could could really affect some things and change some things, and I think what it could do is it could could change the way that the college football playoff chooses teams because – I think you could start seeing some SEC champions with a couple of losses now. Instead of just the one, you know how it is right now. You can afford to lose one, but that's it, and it better be pretty. You better not get just destroyed because they're going to hold that over your head for the entire season. Right now, you get one loss. That's it. You get one. And I think with this system, you're going to start seeing some some SEC champions with two losses, and that's just going to have to be okay. And I think that's a good thing. When you add the extra SEC game and you're adding in different opponents, I think there should be a little bit of of leniency there, right? I think that's the case. I think that should be the case. And I think that's going to start happening. And I'm okay with that. You shouldn't have to be absolutely just 100% perfect to make the playoff, make the SEC championship game, whatever it may be. You shouldn't have to be that way. You can afford a couple of losses. Now, you can't be losing three and four, but you can at least afford to lose a couple of games in the toughest conference in college football and still be okay. What about Auburn? What does it mean for Auburn? Well, they're going to play Alabama every year just like they always do. Then you get Tennessee and Vanderbilt, and look, that's good news for Auburn, folks. That's good news. Why? Because Auburn can be and should be and will be better than than Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Let's just get that out there, okay? When you play Tennessee, yeah, here and there you're going to slip up. Tennessee came to Jordan-Hare and beat Auburn a couple years ago. You remember that? I do. It was horrible. That's going to happen, okay? Every now and then that's going to happen. You can't lose to Vanderbilt, right? Can't lose to Vanderbilt every now and then. Yeah, it's probably going to happen when you play that team every single year, right? But... 90 times out of 100, you're going you're gonna to win that game against Vanderbilt. That's just how it goes. So more times than not, you can count Tennessee and Vanderbilt as wins for Auburn. Same thing with Alabama. You can count it as wins for Auburn. Alabama game, it's a toss-up. You're still going to play Georgia every year. That's the other game that Auburn will be guaranteed to play because that's just how history is, is gone, and that's just what Auburn does. You play Georgia every year. That game is going to happen. Can you count it as a win or a loss? Right now, it's, it's looking more at a loss right now just because of the state of the programs. But then the other schools. Now you're looking at Auburn playing two out of four against Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas. Those are teams that Auburn plays every year right now and should be better than. It, they should, and I think they will be in the, in the few years, in the next coming years. 
But that's a tough group, and those are tough draws no matter who you get, when you get them, or where you get them. The two Mississippi schools, LSU and Arkansas, those are all tough teams. They're all tough teams, they're all tough matchups, and they always give Auburn a good run. Always. And so, I mean, sometimes they win, right? So those are tough games for Auburn. You look at the next pod, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. You like your odds against Kentucky and South Carolina, but if the draw you get out of that pod in one year is Florida and Georgia, that's tough because you're already playing Georgia. Who's the other team going to be? It's got to be, if you get Florida, which it would be, it would rotate, right? So every, what, every three years you're going to get Florida again. That's tough. And when you have to play Florida and Georgia in the same year on top of Alabama, that's tough. That's really tough because Florida is, they're good and they're the second best team in the East right now. And so Auburn is going to have some tough draws. They're going to have some tough matchups. We haven't even gotten to the toughest pod on on the schedule yet. Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, and Texas A&M. Now you have to play two of those teams? I mean, what draw do you want? You want Missouri for sure, but what's the other team you want to draw out of there? All of them are going to be good. You want to probably avoid A&M if you can, but it's going to rotate and you're going to get them eventually. And so my point to all of this is it's going to help the SEC. It's going to make for some great matchups, but the SEC is still so good and so dominant. Auburn is going to have to get better. I mean, this system is not going to help Auburn in any way. Auburn's going to have to get better and become a better football program because these teams are good. The SEC is the best conference in college football for a reason. It's got the best teams in all of college football. And this system will show you that because now you get to play different teams and you get to show what you're made of instead of playing the same teams every single year. It's going to make for better football. It's going to be better entertainment. It's going to be more fun to watch, right? It's better experiences for the coaches and the players. There's so much positive stuff that comes out of this pod system, and I think it can work. I think it can work. And at the end of the day, you take the two best teams. They go to the SEC championship game, and one's going to come out a winner. Now, would you want to do something, a winner of each pod? I'm not sure. I don't know if that's the route you want to go. There's a lot to go in on that side of it. But I'm just talking about the matchups, and I think, I think it would work. So why do we need to do this? It's just better. <laughs> it's just better, I think. You play different teams. You get different matchups. You're not playing the same teams over and over and over. I mean, it's the same schedule. You just flip home and homes, right? I mean, that's pretty much all we're doing right now. And... You get new teams. You're also adding in Oklahoma and Texas in the next couple of years. That's exciting. You get to keep those, those matchups fresh. I think it's going to be entertaining on TV. I think it's better for the players. It's better for the programs. And ultimately, it's going to be better for the SEC because competition is going to be at an all-time high. And I think the SEC, this will open the door for them to get two and three teams in the playoff because the college football playoff will be expanded. Whoever picks it up, it's got to be more than four teams. I can already tell you that. So I think this system will allow the SEC to get three or four teams in. I think that'll happen because when you have three or four teams from the SEC that have one and two losses and they've fared against each other, I think they're going to get in. And they're going to be better than everybody else. So I think this system is just going to be better for Auburn going to be better well not necessarily better for Auburn but if Auburn gets good it will be 
Now, if Auburn keeps going downhill, it's going to be bad because Auburn's going to struggle having to play all of these SEC teams. And especially on the tough years when you get the really bad draws, Auburn better watch out. But if they can get better, then it'll benefit them because the SEC is going to start putting more teams in whatever playoff format is going on in the next few years. The SEC is going to be able to put more in there because of this. Let's take our final break here in hour number one. You can call in, be a part of the show. 334-321-1390. How would you do it? How would you break the pods up with 16 teams in the SEC? Call me and let me know. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one. You're listening to the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins wrapping up our number one. It's been a great show so far. Lots of uh, SEC conference realignment talk. We're talking about if the SEC does decide to get rid of divisions and go into a four-pod system. And I gave my picks of how I would realign the SEC, how I would break it down. And if you missed it, I'll run through it one more time for you. Pod A, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, LSU, and Arkansas. Pod B, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, and South Carolina. Pod C would be Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, and Texas A&M. And Pod D would be Auburn, Alabama, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Those are the pods. That's how I would break it down. It makes the most sense to me when looking at the map. Uh, We had a caller. She called in and said she would switch Arkansas and Missouri. So she would put Missouri with uh, the Mississippi schools and LSU and put Arkansas with Texas, Texas A&M, and Oklahoma. That makes sense, too. Uh, I said that I I would keep Missouri over there just to kind of balance it out a little bit. You know, with Arkansas being in that group, it would just be, I think it would be kind of top heavy, uh, but it makes sense at the same time. So I think these are the most balanced pods. I think this is the most fair way to do it. Uh, you've got each pod has, I think, two teams that can obviously be better than the others, but at the same time, the bottom two, quote unquote, in the pod um, can still have a chance and actually become you know, victorious in their own pod. Vanderbilt is probably the one outlier there. Uh, But other than that, I think everybody would have a shot in their pod. So that is how I would do it. I think it's a great idea. I hope this is something that the SEC eventually does. I think it'll take a few years. uh, But with the new NCAA rules where you can, where conferences can decide how they want to pick their conference championship game participants. You don't have to have divisions anymore. It doesn't have to be the division winners. Uh, I think that is a fantastic thing that they don't have to do that anymore just because we've seen we've seen where that can fall short. It should be the two best teams in your conference play for your conference championship game. That makes sense. And it's not every year that the best team from each division are the two best teams in the league. You can have two teams from the West be the best, right? You can. Nope, I didn't mean to rhyme that, but that worked out pretty well. Auburn and Alabama could be the two best teams in the SEC. Why not let them play in the SEC championship game? Florida and Georgia could be the two best teams in the SEC. 
why not let them play in the SEC championship game? Could you imagine some of those matchups or Alabama and Texas A&M or however it may be? That's where the system falls short. And so when you have this new pod system, there's a way to to fix that. And there's kind of a couple of ways to do it. But at the end of the day, you want the two best teams from your conference in your conference championship game. Why? Because then that gives both of those teams the best chance to make an eventual college football playoff. And that's what the SEC is trying to do. The SEC wants to get as many teams in the playoff as possible. They've already pushed the boundary and done more than anybody else. They've gotten two teams in. And people said it couldn't be done, and then the SEC did it. They, they, they produced two good teams, and they put them in. That's only going to become more because the playoff is going to expand, which means more teams get in, which means more SEC teams are going to get in. And I think with this pod system, that will allow that to happen. Because now, with this system, you can have three or four teams that can be really, really good with records that are good enough to make a playoff, with the resumes to be good enough to make it into a playoff. Because you're playing so many different teams from around the SEC that are all going to be good. Instead of playing the same seven teams every year, now it's going to be a little bit different. And imagine the years where Auburn plays Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Arkansas, something like that. When Auburn has that type of resume, imagine if they can go and win all but one. Then they're in contention for a college football playoff. Even if they have two losses, they are still in contention for a college football playoff. I just think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. I don't know how long it'll be, but I do think that the SEC and the other Power 5 conferences will eventually get rid of divisions, as they should. That's it for hour number one. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. You can call in. Be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you. Stay tuned. Hour number two on deck. are on the line live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502 you're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central, Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this Tuesday May 24th, 2022, happy election day across the state of Alabama. And if you're here from hour number one still, thank you so much. I appreciate you. If you're just now tuning in here to the start of hour number two, I appreciate you as well. And I hope you're all doing good on this Tuesday afternoon. If you missed any of hour number one, be sure to find the podcast. Just search for On The Line wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you want to be a part of the show, 
Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. Anything on your mind in the sports world, I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You can call in and we can talk about anything you want to talk about related to sports. If you want to talk about SEC baseball, SEC football, NBA, NHL, golf, I don't care. You can call in and talk about anything you want here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, 334-321-1390. Well, let's start hour number two like we always do with making headlines here on Tuesday, May 24th, 2022. The SEC baseball tournament uh, is underway up in Hoover today. And there were supposed to be four games played today. That probably ain't happening, folks. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. The the weather forecast has not been good for Hoover this week. They're calling for rain every single day. And today has been no different. They have They have had to postpone... Or not postponed, I guess, but they had like multiple weather rain delays in the very first game with Alabama and Georgia. Alabama jumped on top quickly. Uh, They jumped on top. It was, I forget the score, I was watching it, but they jumped on top in like the first inning. Uh, And then Georgia put one on, and then they went to a rain delay. They've had a couple rain delays. They are still playing. They started this game at like nine or ten o'clock this morning and they are just now in the eighth inning it's five to one Alabama in the bottom of the eighth Alabama's been all over Georgia at the 11th seed versus the sixth seed and in the very first game Alabama on top of Georgia there's supposed to be three more games played today not sure if that's going to be the case uh and Auburn is the last game of the day. They are supposed to be the last game, game four tonight against Kentucky. I don't see that happening. So they will probably play early tomorrow. And I would assume that they would just push everything back. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how they kind of handle that. But as of right now, in game number one, Alabama on top of Georgia, 5-1 to one in the eighth inning. Auburn's supposed to play tonight. But again, I don't see that happening, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes there in the SEC tournament. Florida and South Carolina are supposed to play next. Yeah, they started that game this morning at nine thirty. They started it at nine thirty. It's now three o'clock. Uh, the sun was shining. I did just pull it up, so the sun is shining, and hopefully they can keep those games going and try to get some games played in this tournament because I would like to see Auburn play today, but. I, I just don't see how I don't see how they're going to be able to pull that off. So we'll see how it goes in the SEC tournament up in Hoover. Moving on with making headlines again, Auburn playing tonight against Kentucky. Supposed to be, uh, I would assume, like I said, that they will play uh, tomorrow early. If I had to guess. Moving on with making headlines, Brian Harson gave a little bit of an update about the. Uh, health of Zach Calzada, Auburn's uh, transfer portal quarterback. He's one of the four in the room. And at an event with Bruce Pearl, uh, Coach Harson was asked about Zach Calzada and his, his health, excuse me, his health uh, recovering from offseason shoulder surgery. It was his non-throwing soldier, or shoulder. And they asked him how he was doing. And Harson said that Zach Calzada will be fully ready to go for summer workouts so 
He will be ready to go and, and working out and doing what he needs to do. He is recovering well, is what Brian Harson said. And Zach Calzada will be ready to go throughout summer workouts. That's big, okay? That's really big because – you know my thoughts. I think Zach Calzada is QB1. I think he will be your starting quarterback for Auburn on September 3rd. Also, I forgot to say this today. 102 days until college football kicks off. 102 days from September 3rd. I can't believe I forgot to say that. 102 days until college football. And in 102 days, Zach Calzada is going to jog on the field for Auburn for the very first offensive snap of the season. I think that's going to be the case. I think he's the best one in the room. And now that he is fully healthy and ready to go, the earlier the better. And I think that is fantastic. Uh, As you know, he did not go through contact reps throughout the spring. He was still recovering from his surgery. He went through like mental reps, and there were reports that he would stand behind the play and take the rep kind of on his own and see how it was done and just like imagine himself physically doing it and just kind of putting himself in the situation without actually being in the play. I think that's genius. I think that is extremely smart. And so again, he didn't get to do any of the physical reps during spring, but he will be ready to go for summer workouts and obviously ready to go for fall camp when that opens up as well. So good news for Auburn football. Zach Calzada will be ready to go, healthy and recovering from his off-season shoulder surgery. And again, I think he's going to be your starting quarterback. I really do. I think he will be QB1 for Auburn. Is he QB1 right now? No, probably not. TJ Finley did take the first quarterback reps during the spring. Uh, Ashford, he got moved up the depth chart. I think he was taking second string snaps at quarterback, but obviously Zach Calzada wasn't taking snaps. So I don't think TJ Finley will be QB1 very long. I like it to be Zach Calzada and then Ashford right behind him at QB2. Moving on with making headlines, the NBA playoffs, they're getting good. If you haven't been watching, I highly recommend that you do. Last night, The Boston Celtics at home in Game 4. They tied up the series against Miami with a 20-point win, 102-82. to Boston ties it up at two apiece, heading back to Miami for a pivotal Game 5. Georgia just hit a big home run. Uh, Sorry, I've got it on here in the studio. I'm watching it. And Georgia has put on some runs here in this eighth inning, and it's now 5-3 to three, Alabama on top of Georgia there in Hoover. Just a little update for you. But back to the NBA. Boston ties it up against Miami 102-82. to 82. Game 5 in Miami Wednesday night. The winner will go up 3-2. That's a huge game. And whoever wins, I think whoever wins Game 5 is going to win the series. I'm going to be honest. I think whoever wins Game 5 will win the series between Boston and Miami. That'll be on Wednesday night. And tonight, the Warriors and the Mavericks in Dallas Game 4 and Golden State looking for the sweep against the Dallas Mavericks. They're up 3 nothing, and I think they get it done. They've just been the better team, man. Golden State is really good, and Dallas is just not there yet. They're just not there yet. They've done really well. They've made it all the way to the Western Conference Finals, but they're just not there yet. I just don't think Luka has matured and become that guy yet all around. There's no doubt that he can, he can shoot the basketball. He can score at will. There's no doubt about it. 
But the guy doesn't play defense. He doesn't play defense. And Golden State has figured that out. They have figured that out. They have attacked it. And they have done a fantastic job doing so. And Dallas just can't keep up. They, they're trying to keep up offensively instead of stopping Golden State, and they're not able to do so. And I think that is, I think it's hurting them. I really do. Because they're down 3 nothing, and they just, again, they just can't keep up. When you look at the game Sunday night, it was 109-100, to and Dallas just couldn't get anything going late, and Golden State has got so many guys that they just run their offense and just play normal, and they also play defense, and that's all it takes. So Dallas, look, you're not going to come back and win this series. They had the stat on the TV the other night during the broadcast after Golden State won. They're up 3-0. Teams that are up 3-0 in the NBA playoffs are like 146-0 and all time. Now, we know that Golden State blew a 3-1 lead against the Cavs in 2016 in the finals. We know that was the first time that that has ever happened, but this is a different story. That was 3-1. This is 3-0. And it's not a LeBron James team that is down, okay? This is a young Dallas team with a young superstar with Luka, and this is 3-0. Dallas has not won a single game. They have to win four games in a row to make it to the finals, it ain't happening. I don't think they win tonight. I think Golden State wins tonight. I think they sweep, and they'll move on to yet again another NBA Finals, and they'll await the winner of Miami and Boston. Well, that's it for making headlines. If you missed the conversation in hour number one, I have been talking about the SEC and if they decide to get rid of divisions, okay, with the new NCAA rule where conferences and college football can decide how they want to decide who plays in their conference championship games. It can be just the two best teams. It doesn't have to be a team from the east and a team from the west or a team from the north and a team from the south. You can just have the two best teams in your conference play for the conference championship game. And so divisions will probably, as the years go on, begin to fade away. And the Pac-12 has already said they are going to do it. I think the Big Ten is right behind them. I think the SEC will probably be the last conference to do it. Uh, Maybe them or the Big 12, but I think they will probably be the last conference to do it, the SEC, to get rid of the divisions. And I think most of these conferences are going to go to the pod system that we've been talking about. And um, I, I, I think that's the best way to go. I really do. I think it's the best way to go. It makes the most sense, and it would be the most beneficial to these conferences. Now, What also will be changing in a couple of years is the college football playoff because if I am correct, and if I'm not, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure that after 2025, there is no plan for a college football playoff because they decided not to expand it, and that's when the contract is up. I believe that's the year. And what's going to happen after that, I'm not sure. Some form of playoff is still going to be implemented. They will come up with a deal. But is it still going to be a four-team playoff? Is it still going to be the college football playoff committee that, that holds it, runs it, and chooses it? Are they still going to be the ones at the head, at the helm? There's been some talks about the SEC doing it by themselves. That would be interesting. I don't know if they could, and I don't know if other teams would and schools would be okay with that, but that is an option. So 
There's a lot that is going to be changing around the game of college football in the next couple of years, but I think the two things that you're going to see change the most is what's going to happen with the college football playoff. I think it's going to be expanded. I think you're going to be expanded. You're going to see more teams getting in to the playoff. And it, the, the one reason is money. That's it. That's the only reason is because of money. Because more teams get in means more games are played, which means more TV, which means more money. Bam. That's it. There's your formula. That's it. I'm surprised that it, that it opened up at only four teams. I really am. I really am. But you're going to see it expand and become I'm not sure what it's going to be somewhere maybe 8 or 16 maybe something like that and look I don't necessarily want to see it get all the way to 16 I do think it needs to be more than 4 you can't really call it a playoff if there's only 4 teams if you're already in the semifinals when it starts is that really called a playoff that's more of just like a postseason type thing but you know I, I would like to see it get to I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I would like to see it at eight. I would like to see what eight looks like and I think play that out for a few years and see if, if at that point we need to add more teams and let more teams be a part of it. And, and if not, leave it at that. But I think there's some time and we need to figure out what that is and figure out you know, how, how that's going to work because you're not going to please everybody, right? We've talked about that. You're not going to please everybody. Cincinnati got in this year, and you know they did what they did. They got in. They didn't win. Okay, whatever. But whoever's at five is always going to be mad, right? They're always mad that they should have been in, blah, blah, blah. If you expand it to eight, the ninth team is going to be mad. They're going to say, well, we deserve to have a chance. It needs to be expanded. Even if you go all the way to 16, the 17th team is going to have their feelings hurt. And they're going to say, well, we deserve to get in. You're never going to please everybody. You've got to find the line. You've got to find the line that separates the teams that actually deserve to be there and the teams that don't. You've got to find that. Because if you do, then you, you'll have your number. I'm not sure what that number is, but in your mind, how big or how little should the playoff be? How many teams should get in and how many teams should not? Because once you find that line, and I think right now it would be eight teams. If eight got in, I think that's a good sample size of who is actually elite and can win the national championship and who can't. I think that's where it would be right now. Let's talk about this some more on the other side of this break. What do you think? Give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Give me a call. We'll continue this conversation on the other side of this break. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. We've got a few more minutes before we head to the bottom of the hour break. And we're going to have Lindsey Crosby in studio. He is with Locked On MLB Prospects and an Auburn baseball writer for Auburn Daily. He will be stopping by in just a few minutes uh, to talk about Auburn baseball, what they need to do this week in Hoover. And also, 
uh, the rest of the SEC tournament. So really excited to have him in the studio. He'll be by in just a little bit. But we've got a few more minutes before we head to that bottom of the hour break at 3.30. You can call in, be a part of the show if you would like. You could call in, talk about anything you want uh, related to sports, of course. You could call in 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. And we're talking about the, you know, we've been talking about the SEC getting rid of divisions if they are to do that and possibly implement the pod system, how that's going to impact the college football playoff. And before the break, we kind of started talking about the college football playoff and what we think it should, or what I think it should, should do and what I think it's going to do. And I think it's going to expand because of money. It just makes sense. And it just, that's just what they are going to do because again, More teams that get in means more games, and more games equal more money. And at the end of the day, that's all that sports is about is the money. At the end of the day, that's what it is. It's about money. Build an audience, sell an audience, and make that money. And that's what's going to happen. Now, how many teams will it expand to? I'm not sure. I would like to see eight to start, and then if you need more after that, then you can do so. I don't want to see this jump from 4 to 16. I think that's way too much. Uh, But I think 8, you can make that work. And I think that's a good line to draw. And that's what I was talking about. There's got to be, and there is, there's a line that has to be drawn where at what point in the rankings is the separation of the teams that can actually compete and win a national championship and the ones that can't. Because that is where the line needs to be drawn, and that is how many teams need to make it. Because there is a line there, somewhere. And it's not going to be in the exact same spot every year, obviously, but on average, what would you say? Does the top eight in the final college football rank playoff rankings, does the top eight teams, do they all have a legitimate chance to win it all? If they make it, if you look back at the last, you know, let's do that. Let's pull up some of the, the previous uh, college football playoff champion or the playoff rankings, the final ones, and look at the top eight and see if they would have realistically had a chance in, in our minds to see if they would have actually competed and, and tried to win the national championship. You don't really know, obviously, but that's where I'm saying you got to draw that line. And I think that's where it would be because after that, I mean, technically you could say top 10, but you'd have to do some buys and stuff like that. You don't want to mess with that. I think the top eight would would really be a solid number because more than that, if you're outside the top 10, are you really going to be competing with Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State to win the national championship? Are you really going to beat those teams? Sure, every now and then that team may get the upset, but more times than not, they're not going to get that, right? You saw that with Cincinnati this year. I love Cincinnati. I'm a big UC guy. I have a lot of friends that go to Cincinnati. I love the school, love the area. But Cincinnati was not going to win that national championship, and they probably won't. They probably won't. They just can't compete. And not just Cincinnati, but other schools inside the top 10, year in and year out, that if they make it into a playoff like that, they're not going to win. Like BYU, schools like that, they are not going to win a national championship. And so you've got to find that line. And I think it's at eight teams. Because I think the top eight, realistically, could win the national championship. They could win the playoff. 
outside of that, sure, they may get a win here and there, but I just don't think any team outside of the top eight is going to win because you're going to have to win multiple games now. When you expand it, you have more games. Now you're going to have to win three games instead of two. And I think that's important. And so I think that's why eight would be the best number. But going back to the pod conversation, I think that if the conferences go to pods, you're going to see the best teams from the best conferences, right? And I say teams because I think each conference will now be able to get multiple teams into a playoff. You think the SEC's done with two? Uh Uh-uh. The SEC could probably push for three or four in an eight-team playoff. They could probably do that. And with the new pod system, if they go that route, I think the records will be good, the resumes will be good, and the teams are going to be good. And I think that has a huge, huge impact on on the, the future of the college football playoff. Same thing with the Big Ten and maybe the ACC, maybe. I think the Pac-12 and the Big 12 are still going to be pushing for one, maybe two, maybe. But when you look at it, I think the, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to be the two conferences that are going to be pushing for numerous teams. The ACC, obviously they've got Clemson, but I mean, what else, right? What else do they have? I mean, you've got some teams every now and then, Pitt and NC State that try to make pushes here and there. Uh, Duke here and there, they try to make a push sometimes, I guess. But, I mean, Florida State and Louisville are out because they've been down for so long now. The ACC is just struggling to get one team in. And with an expanded playoff, I just think it would be better overall. I really do. What do you think? How many teams should it be? Do you like it at four? Do you want to see it go to more? What do you think? I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. I'm glad that we have the playoff and four has been fine, but it does need to be expanded. And the SEC could eventually start getting three and four teams in. And I think that is a real possibility. And that benefits Auburn, right? Because now... If you're Auburn, you don't have to be the absolute best player, or excuse me, the best team in your conference. You don't have to be the absolute best team in the SEC. You can now be the second or third and still have that shot to make a playoff and still have that shot to win it all. I think that's big because, look, Auburn's not going to go to the very top in the next couple of years. Now, in four or five years, I think Auburn can, but that would give you a little bit of leeway because the SEC's tough. That's the toughest conference in college football. And right now, Auburn's playing in the toughest division in college football. We want to see that go away. I do, at least. And that would give Auburn some leeway. And I think that's huge. That's huge for Brian Harson. That's huge for this football program. It's huge for the school. It's huge for the players. Huge for the fans. I think that's just big time all the way around. Auburn would benefit from everything I've talked about, Auburn would benefit from. Now, again, Auburn still has to get better. As a program, they've got to get better. As a football team, they've got to get better. As players, they've got to get better. As coaches, they've got to get better. But if they continue to get better, like I think they will, all of this stuff that I've been talking about will benefit Auburn in the long run. And Auburn can use it to their advantage. Use the pod system to your advantage. Beat up on Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Take advantage of playing some of these other schools. Get, get big wins on your resume. And then when you have a chance to make a playoff in, in five or six years, if you get to that point, if you get to that point, take advantage of it. 
and take advantage of not having to be the absolute best one-loss team out of the SEC. If you get that shot, take advantage of it. That's the best thing I can say. And I think Auburn can do that. I think Auburn would benefit. But again, they've got to get better. Let's take a break. Lindsey Crosby is going to join us here in studio right after this. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss it. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. 30 more minutes left here in hour number two of the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We've got a guest in studio, Lindsey Crosby, locked on MLB prospects and Auburn baseball writer for Auburn Daily. Lindsey, thanks so much for stopping by, man. Hey, man, thanks for having me. This is a... I miss this place. Yeah, I bet. Well, it's always nice to have our guests in studio. You know, obviously, we do the phones when we can. Everybody's got busy lives. But if I can always have them in studio, that's definitely what the way to go. And, man, I'm so glad you're able to stop by. We've got some stuff to talk about. I wish we had more actual baseball games to talk about. But, obviously, weather has, um, has halted that just a little bit. The first game of the SEC tournament just got done. Alabama beats Georgia 5-3 to three in what was? a seven hour game eight hour game something like that what's your thoughts uh one so Alabama has a win mother nature has a win that's great but no it's it's something where Auburn's going to go on at like 10 p.m tonight I am not looking forward to how late that game's going to be and it's really difficult to to push a game to tomorrow because you've got four games scheduled tomorrow as well uh the only way they can adjust for weather and for delays is to do some sort of of changing of the format of the tournament and then that just makes a whole different effect on the teams and 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 heightens the stakes for everything and you know I just don't know if it's I don't know if it's fair and we were kind of talking about that a little bit I don't know if it's fair to put Auburn and Kentucky in the spot where they have to play at 10 o'clock tonight I just don't or 10 10 30 if any of these other games go to extra innings it could be even later than that I just don't know if that's fair. Do you think that is, or what? I mean, what's your thoughts, man? I just don't know how that's fair. If I had my preference, I would push that game forward to tomorrow and just say, okay, now we're going to push that game to tomorrow. And then if you do that, you have the realization of the winner of that game has to play LSU. Well, now you need to push that game too, so that your the team has a full twenty four hours to recover. And so it messes up all the way down the line. Uh, there's a way to do it. I really wish they would figure out some sort of second location or something. Since you're just streaming these games, they're not on television until you get to the championship. Find a second field where you can start stuff so that when you have delays like this, you can have games two and three go on at the same time so that you don't have to play four games on one park back to back to back to back and a delay ruins your whole afternoon. That's an interesting I, – I didn't think about that. That's an interesting point to play at different – like you said, play at a different park and have multiple games going on at one time to almost catch up a little bit because yeah. right now – I mean, they're calling for rain every single day. So mm-hmm. this could be something we'd have to deal with for the rest of the tournament. And, you know, we talked about it too during the break. They have a little bit of wiggle room on the weekends if they need to push stuff back. 
I think that's the way to go, man. I really do. Yeah, and if you actually, if you have to do a game on Sunday afternoon where both those teams had to play that morning or something, that's fine. The, the, the thing you have to keep in mind of is, is you have to make sure it's even for both teams. You can't have one team play on Sunday morning and then again in the afternoon where the other team didn't have to play on Sunday at all. But you can do it, and I think if you're not going to televise every single game, the way to handle it is just in case of rain, in case of delay, we're going to activate the alternate location, and when they, whenever we have a chance, we're going to get games played so that we can make sure we stay on schedule. The schedule is more important than having only one game on at a time. If you're not going to televise it, it's just going to be streaming anyway. Yeah, and so, you know, let me ask you this. In years past, when rain has been an issue, because obviously this is not the first time it has rained at the SEC tournament, what has the SEC done in the past to deal with this type of situation when there is this much rain and this much these many games to be played? So let me plug my pod for a second, Locked on MLB Prospects. Part of the, One of the guests today is Sonny DeShera. We had him on. I talked to him on Sunday night, and off air he told me he remembers being a kid and watching these games and being up till 1 or 2 in the morning as they get that last game of the day in. And so I don't think we've seen a day recently where it's been completely rained out, but we have seen here and there where they have had to do, you know, they've pushed games back and pushed games back in the extra innings, and it's after midnight before it finishes. So short term, the fix is just keep stay there until you're done. Long term, you need to work out a second location. Yeah, I I feel like that's just got to be – they've got to figure something out. I don't think playing until 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning tonight yeah. is fair or the right thing to do because, again, like I said, if these other games – because there's still two more games before Auburn even takes the mm-hmm. field, and if they go longer, if more rain shows up – I haven't looked at the forecast for tonight, but if there's supposed to be rain tomorrow, I'm sure that it's coming. So I think that's the best way to do it, and – you know, how does this affect Auburn? Obviously playing late into the night and then having to turn around and play in what is right now, you have double elimination games tomorrow. But how does this affect Auburn if they do have to play until the wee hours of the night? So there's a couple things you have to think about. The first one is obviously your starting pitcher. That routine is messed up. This is going to be Carson Skipper starting today. He's a reliever. He hasn't started a game for Auburn since his freshman year in 2019, but Uh, It does mess with that routine. It does mess with how you do that along. If you do win this game, you have to think about as well your catcher. You typically don't like to ask a catcher to catch both games of a doubleheader. Um, This would, in essence, be a day-night split doubleheader because you would then turn around and play on on Wednesday night. So there's a possibility Nate LaRue could go. And then also, you just have to deal with the general fatigue of these guys. I mean, they've been up all day. They, they, They got up. Normal times this morning, they're, they've been at the ballpark. They're watching these other games. Everybody's getting restless. It's hard to kind of stay active, uh, stay warmed up when you have all of these delays and, and the day just drags on it. If I was coach, I'd have them back at the hotel. I'd let them watch on TV. I'd have them take some naps, things like that. We wouldn't go to the ballpark until probably the game before ours was starting just to make sure that they were rested and relaxed. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that either, you know, because they, like you said, they're literally just waiting and they're doing what everybody else is. They're waiting on the weather to pass and games to wrap up, but they still have to get into the mindset of, hey, we still have to play tonight and our season is on the line mm-hmm. or, you know, our, our SEC season is on the line tonight and you just have to wait that out and you don't truly know what time your game is going to start. That's got to be confusing and it's got to be stressful as an athlete, no? Yeah, it's it's something, I mean, 
so many athletes, especially baseball players, because you play so much, are creatures of habit. You know, and they're used to doing the same thing the same way. Your starting pitcher knows, okay, 45 minutes before the game starts, I'm doing this. And then 35 minutes before I'm doing this, I'm going from long toss to, you know, to a, like, they have all of those routines. And so that being messed up when you're traveling in a situation like this where there's so much uncertainty, um, it's something where a veteran team that has dealt with things like this before is going to do a little better with it, but this could actually have an impact on how the different teams perform just based on have they dealt with this before, how mentally focused are they, um, how mentally resilient are they to deal, to roll with these punches and, and keep things going. And so, you know, talking about the SEC tournament, hopefully maybe the weather will, will get out and kind of miss the Hoover area and we can start playing some baseball the rest of tonight and the rest of the week and into the weekend. If the tournament, you know, I guess if the tournament plays out as usual, who would be your pick or two? And then I guess with the with the rain impacts, who would your pick be? Does it change that at all? Who would you pick? So I think my pick is still Tennessee, and partly just because that offense is so powerful, so overpowering. I know they're playing in a bigger ballpark, but it's something where they can change an entire game with one inning because they could easily hang five runs, six runs on you. And their pitching staff's been so good. I think if it changes from double to single elimination, I like Tennessee more simply because they've slipped up the least. Uh, I do think my, my sleeper pick, if Tennessee for some reason loses, my sleeper pick I think is Vandy simply because same thing. They have so much experience. They've done this before. And they showed last year in the college world series how well they can adapt and roll with the punches you saw the whole thing with nc state getting uh kicked out because of covid and them stepping in last minute and all of that and so uh, they've shown a lot of resilience they're always a very well-prepared program but i still think tennessee's the favorite simply because this offense is so good this pitching staff is so good and you can see that in the player of the year awards the pitchers of the year awards the freshman of the year awards and the all sec teams and you know what's been your impressions of the SEC as a conference when it comes to SEC baseball because there's some really good teams in this conference and a couple of teams that weren't supposed to be this good that have been and some teams that were supposed to be better and aren't what have been your overall impressions of the SEC baseball season to this point I've been very surprised by Mississippi State I I expect I didn't expect them I expected them to to drop off a bit but not to the level that they did not you know to not making the tournament I think of the second champion champion to not make the next year's tournament since uh college of charleston when they won the whole thing a few years ago but uh, a lot of the sec feels like right now it's a momentum thing it is who is playing the best baseball right now and we saw a stretch where texas a&m was really hot we saw a stretch where arkansas was really hot it feels like kentucky's been really hot recently they took the series against tennessee um, obviously took the, took the series against auburn and so a lot of this season has just come down to who is in the zone right now. And Auburn's offensive performance over the weekend has me, I'm, I'm not sure how much of that was Auburn not being in the zone and Kentucky being in the zone. Um, I like to think that was just a little bit of Kentucky had the momentum. They were at home. We were adjusting to playing on the turf, which is a whole different type of baseball. Um, and, and hopefully we'll get a different result tonight. But a lot of, it's almost been streaky. Like that's kind of been the SEC is, you know, this is the hot team right now. And then this is the hot team. right. Even Tennessee had a little small uh, cold spell where they, they dropped a game to Auburn and they, they dropped two to Kentucky. Like they, they weren't, they even lost a midweek. So they weren't invincible. It's just been a lot of streaky, but overall really good conference, probably going to be either one or two in number of teams in the field of 64. 
And, you know, you talk about Auburn playing at Kentucky. They had to adjust even more. Of course, the Friday or the Thursday night game got rained out, moved to a doubleheader. So, yet again, two weeks in a row, Auburn's having to deal with weather adjustments and playing multiple games during a, a very small span of hours. And so, when talking about Auburn, if they do end up playing tonight and trying to make a run in this SEC tournament, we'll answer this question before we head to the break. What does Auburn need to do offensively to get kind of back their mojo a little bit because the offense has been their strength and over the last couple of weeks it's kind of let them down if you look at at the offense it all comes back to that that top four that Blake Rambush Senator Deshera Bobby Pierce and Brooks Carlson and if you go look at the weekend the one game that they won in Kentucky is the game where those guys all were hitting all were getting on base Bobby Pierce I think went two for three on that Saturday game uh, everybody's hitting everybody's getting on and then the games they lost, some of the only games this season where Blake Rambush has gone 0 for 3 or 0 for 4. So it's, it's back to getting the top of the order, getting those guys on, especially right there in front of DeShera, and then having an offensive threat and Bobby Pierce behind him means Sonny sometimes gets pitches to hit and can actually do damage versus just an automatic intentional walk before he gets in the box. So just get the top of the lineup going yeah it, it's it's crazy it's so smart to do that for him because it kind of throws so we're talking about Sonny throwing him off a little bit just not even letting him get into the game or get any type of rhythm just send him on down the line because it's that's the safer option rather than him hitting something and going over the fence yeah there was I want to say it was the weekend before Kentucky so Alabama at one point walked Sonny and it loaded the bases for Bobby Pierce. Like they would rather load the bases for the guy who's second on the team in home runs than to pitch to Sonny. And ultimately, we saw how that played out because there was lightning and the game never finished. But it's a situation where, I mean, he's by far clearly our best player offensively, but Bobby Pierce can hit behind him. Blake Rambush can get on in front of him. If either of those guys are feeling it that day, especially if they've already shown in that game they can get a hit, they can be a threat. Sonny's going to actually get a fastball now and again to try to hit. Yeah, and you you want him to get those opportunities because he is such a good hitter, but in the month of May, he hasn't been all that good. He's hitting 143 in the month of May, but Auburn has still been fairly successful when he hasn't been hitting as well. What has been the cause for that? So part of it is him just getting on so much. He, you know, a lot of that it's almost a small sample size because he walks so much, but part of it too has been the play of Bobby Pierce. Bobby Pierce wasn't a starter until you saw Josh Hall get injured in the outfield uh, at LSU, I believe. Uh, Josh Hall didn't start, I'm sorry, Bobby Pierce didn't start until after that. And now he leads the team in triples. He's second on the team in home runs. Uh, He's got a couple outfield assists, whether it's at home or it's at third. He's really kind of been a spark plug. And so that one, two, three dynamic when they're all on of Rambush, Teixeira, and Pierce makes it really tough. And then Brooks Carlson kind of recovering from the fractured thumb, uh, being back to the form that we see of hitting over 300 in every full season and, and not giving up any at-bat and finding a way to make it happen with two strikes. Just that top of the lineup there, those four guys um, really are kind of the deciding factor in this offense really clicking. It's It, it started to to get on a roll once they kind of got set in those four spots. Let's take a break. We'll come back and wrap up the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We have Lindsey Crosby in studio with us of Locked On MLB Prospects and an Auburn writer, baseball writer, that is, for Auburn Daily. Stay tuned. We'll wrap up the Tuesday edition of On the Line. (laughs) 
Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins and Lindsey Crosby wrapping up the Tuesday edition of the show. We've got about five more minutes before we get out of here. It'll be the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck from 4 to 6. So stay tuned for that. Lindsay, we were just talking about what's the SEC going to do with Auburn's late matchup against Kentucky during the break. SEC Network tweeted out what they're going to do. They're pushing the game to tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, first pitch Wednesday is to be determined based on how weather affects the rest of today's schedule. So they expect significant delays. I, they said game two is not starting right now. It's going to be a f- little bit for, before that. Game three, obviously 30 minutes once that game's over. So they're waiting to pick a time for Auburn tomorrow because there's a possibility they think they may have to move two games. So if you move multiple games, that tells me you're you're either going to have to give some teams double headers on Saturday or you're going to have to switch to a single elimination format for the rest of the tournament, which again, big change because now you have one pitching blow up in your your postseason excluding the 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 NCAA field. Your your SEC your conference postseason may be over. So big change. And what would you what would you recommend if you had to go one of those two options, single elimination or the doubleheader on Saturday? Uh I would rather do the doubleheader on Saturday simply, I think I agree. Be, simply because your margin of error is a little bigger. And there's things, like we said, you don't get your catcher for both games. You know, you're, you, you probably don't have a closer for game two if you throw them in game one for more than an inning, that kind of stuff. But it just, it, it, you have a little bit bigger margin of error. And so when you go single elimination, the talent disparity has a lot bigger thing. It reminds me of Moneyball, the book and the movie Moneyball where Billy Bean talked about how come they never won the World Series. He's like, my stuff doesn't work in a small sample size. There's too much variability. There's too much randomness in there. Single elimination's even more pronounced. So I would rather play two games on Saturday in a double elimination format than just have one mess up, one bad inning, or one bad pitch, really, ruin the rest of your tournament. Well, I talk about it on here all the time. It's the game of baseball and softball as well. You have those days, you have those games where sometimes – you just get rocked, and sometimes you just can't get anything going with the bats. That's how the game of baseball and softball is, and you're exactly right. In single elimination, if that happens, you're done, and you're out. And there are some teams that are probably relying on getting big-time wins in the SEC tournament to either get into postseason play or you know boost themselves in postseason play. So you know, how does this affect Auburn with their game being pushed back to tomorrow? So I think it's it's ultimately probably a good thing for Auburn to know this early. They're not pitching until tomorrow. They're not going until tomorrow. Uh, I've still maintained, I said this um, on my pod, I said this in the piece at Auburn Daily, I really think that Auburn needs to win probably two games at the tournament to kind of not only lock in that hosting seed for the regionals, but still have a chance at being a top eight seed so that they could potentially host a super regional if they make it. So, ultimately a good thing they have enough notice where they can if they're not if they're not still at the hotel they can go back to the hotel they can relax they can wind down and they can plan on all right early night tonight we're going to wake up early in the morning and get after it because we're playing first thing in the morning ultimately a good thing well I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to ask you you know what you think is going to happen with Auburn's chances of hosting not just the regional but trying to host that super regional do you think Auburn is able to get it done this week? And, you know, we're not expecting them to win the SEC tournament because A, it's hard. B, look what's going on. And, yeah. you know, C, there's just so many good teams. But what are the chances that Auburn not only hosts the regional, but hosts the super regional in your mind? So if, if Auburn can beat Kentucky tomorrow morning, and that very much isn't if because they just lost two of three to Kentucky in Lexington. If they can beat Kentucky tomorrow, 
They have a matchup against LSU. I feel good about their chances there. And then if they win that, they have a matchup against Tennessee. Uh, Ultimately, if they can win two games in the tournament, I am confident that they will retain their hosting spot. They may do it with one. I'm confident, too, though, they'll hold it. They probably need to win three games to get the super regional spot simply because their RPI is top five, their strength of schedule is top 10. But um, yeah, two games to lock down 100% lock down a regional spot, three games to lock down that top eight seed. And I don't necessarily know, especially in a, especially in a single elimination format, are they going to get to three? You're right. Well, man, I appreciate you and your time. I appreciate you coming by. I've enjoyed it. We got to talk some baseball. Hopefully we get to watch some baseball over the next couple of days. Let everybody know where they can keep up with everything you're doing, man. So I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Uh, my show, Locked on MLB Prospects, is available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. And you can check out the Auburn writing for Sports Illustrated at AuburnDaily.com. Well, good deal. Well, make sure you all are keeping up with that. When Auburn does eventually play a baseball game, you're going to be covering it, and Auburn Daily will be as well. So hopefully Auburn is able to get going tomorrow morning. I'm glad they pushed the game back. That was the responsible move. It was the best thing to do, and hopefully Auburn can adjust a little bit and try to get some wins in Hoover. Lindsey, I appreciate your time, man. That's it for the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.